0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills.
1: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and use, talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app, start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games, and of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android App Store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the, uh, on the app so that you'll know anytime that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you my loyal audience so be sure and download the spotify green room app wherever you get your apps <laughs> what's up guys uh, a few weeks ago i didn't imagine i would say this but i'm excited that it is packer week uh, i mean considering what uh, what we were facing after the uh the cleveland uh game and and basically how i was talking about impending doom starting with the raiders game you know we have the raiders then the packers then the bucks and 49ers steelers and stuff like that and it's just with the way this team is playing that six game stretch isn't as scary as it once looked uh, especially with the way the defense uh has played that being said this is their first real test this is Justin Fields' first test. Can he stand up to the pressure of Bears-Packers? Can he get a win at home where you're supposed to win these rivalry games? And can the kid get us into first place after one of the most disastrous debuts in NFL history just three weeks ago uh, in Cleveland? All very good questions. And, and one that I feel far more confident in, in saying it's possible than I have going into a Packer game uh, in quite some time. You know, the last time that I felt this confident or even more confident would have to be Week one of 2019, when we all thought that, uh, you know, after the way that this team overperformed in 2018, that 2019 was just going to be an addition to that. And having Green Bay week one to kick off the season with the world watching, this was going to be the coming out party for the next NFC champion and, you know, Super Bowl representative. We were going to do it. And then. Then the game happened. And the defense showed up, sacked Aaron Rodgers five times, uh, the, held the Packers to like 42 yards, rushing, and the, held the Packer offense to 10 points. 10 points. And and yet, if you go back and watch that game and never and eliminate the score, just watch the game, you would believe that the Bears got their asses kicked in that game, which I still can't wrap my head around. But uh, it was basically from – we've been on a downhill slope uh, from then, even though we've been a 500-football team uh, in the last two seasons. Uh, it has not been a very – it has not been a pretty road. It's been uglier way more than it's been pretty, pretty even though we've won just as much as we've lost uh, in that time. Still has not been a pretty experience being a Bear fan over the last two years. And then these last three ball ballgames um, – You know, the 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 lowest of lows against the Cleveland Browns and then the the response against the Lions and then going out into the desert last week and basically stealing a game from the from the Raiders is what the experts would have you believe. I mean, I even picked them to lose uh, last week and they go out and they dominate the football game. And uh, even with only 1111 yards from Justin Fields passing, we win the football game 20 to nine. You know, with no points, no help from the defense. We just, the defense did their job. They just didn't get that, that, that uh, takeaway for the touchdown or no pick six, no, no uh, scoop and score uh, or anything like that. I think it says a lot about what this team is uh, capable of. So, but then again, here we are uh, with, the, with the whole John Gruden thing and, and all that kind of stuff and that kind of poking its head out on Friday uh, with the first of the, of the ugly emails uh, about him. Uh, did we play at the Raiders that were, were the Raiders in the best state to play that game that's kind of come out since, uh, since then, like no one's surprised the Raiders played as poorly as they did with that kind of hanging, uh, over their head, which is almost kind of like a backhanded, um, you know, thing for the, for the bears. Like we, it wasn't because the bears performed well, it was because the Raiders were basically in no mental states to, uh, play a football game, which is insulting, but, what, what excuse will we have this Sunday? We have to come out. We got to perform. We got to defend the home turf. We got to win these division games. And with the world champs on the uh, horizon next Sunday, we got to get a win so that we can maybe take take a loss uh, next week uh, against the Bucks because it's on the road. Brady and company are firing all cylinders. They're averaging like 34 points a game uh right now. That's legit. That's not me. I did the math. It's thirty-four points a game that the uh the Bucks are are averaging uh right now. And um yeah, they're gonna be a tough out next week. But can't look ahead to the champs. We gotta take down the chumps from uh from up north and uh they're they're, they're the champs too. They've won the division uh you know they're the defending division champs. Um you know keep trying to get to the Super Bowl and and uh, failing for poor Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there, I know none of us are crying about it, but uh, you know this is a very important game for us uh, on Sunday. Can the defense maintain uh, its momentum uh, without uh, Akeem Hicks because he didn't practice today on Wednesday? I don't know what the, what his status is uh, going forward. We'll talk more about that tomorrow uh, in the deep dive uh, preview. Still no David Montgomery, but it looks like our running game is at the very least going to be okay uh, while he's out. And uh, just need a little bit extra from the passing game uh, in this one. You know, like if we could, if we could repeat Sunday's performance uh, against the Raiders with a bit more uh, explosive plays uh, from the offense, I really like our chances uh, in this game. So, um, but our, uh, our guest, Evan Western from Acme Packing Company, an old friend. And despite his allegiances, as I like to say over and over when you have him on, uh, he's one of my favorite guests to have uh, on the show. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation between myself and Evan, previewing week number six between the Bears and Packers, right here on the Bears Talk Underground. Week
1: number six on
0: our beloveds back and forth. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Schedule has us back and home and uh, in Soldier Field where we are Currently undefeated, Uh, we've taken down the Bengals and the Lions. Not the most imposing uh, of opponents, but we've beaten them so far. But our real first home test of the season comes to town on Sunday when Aaron Rodgers and the dreaded Green Bay Packers uh, grace our shores. Uh, And as always, here to help us preview this matchup between these two NFC North rivals, which is actually a first-place game uh evan western from acme packing company evan welcome back man
1: thanks a lot always always a pleasure to be here glad uh glad to chat before a good rivalry game yeah and
0: and hopefully it is actually a rivalry game i was talking about this on my uh review show the other day that um you know i think that we have a quarterback that can turn this rivalry into a rivalry for other than just by name uh, or tradition you know because as far as the results are concerned it hasn't been a rivalry for a long time there hasn't been a lot of back and forth between these teams as far as you know it's being left up to fate who the winner is going to be the, the Packers have dominated the the series uh, from Favre all the way now through to uh Rodgers uh, and everything and I think that we have a guy that uh, maybe not this year, but in the very near future can turn this thing uh, into a rivalry where it will be anybody's guess as to who's going to win when the Bears and Packers get together.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and I know last time we talked over the offseason, there were still questions about whether Rodgers was going to be coming back. Yeah, And, and obviously he has, um, as, as I kind of anticipated uh, at the time. But there's still a lot of questions after 2021 is, uh, is this really going to be, you know, the last dance, so to speak uh, with him and Adams. And um, those two just have such a a tremendous connection that uh, it's, it's tough to see one coming back without the other. And Packers don't have a whole lot of money uh, in 2022 to, to throw at those guys. So that's going to be a a challenge to, to even if they do want to come back to try to fit them under the cap. Yeah. So it's a, it's setting up for another very interesting off season. Um, and it'll be, if it does end up being Justin Fields against Jordan love, that'll be an interesting, uh, young quarterback <laughs> battle down the road.
0: Yeah, for sure. What did you see? Cause, uh, did Rogers play at all in the preseason? I know he, tr- he nope. reported to camp on time,
1: but, um, <laughs> yeah, he didn't play a single snap. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of people who were annoyed about that after the, the Packers dropped that stinker in week one against the saints. Um, but we, we got to see love in two of the three games. He did actually get banged up and and missed one of them, but he looks pretty comfortable on the move. And when the play breaks down and he's able to, um, to kind of improvise a little bit and, and use his scrambling ability and throw on the run, um, it's still learning to kind of play within the structure of the offense that is going to be a work in progress for him. And, and certainly that's where, One of the areas where Rodgers is so successful is um, getting the ball, getting to his drop and firing it out. He's been tremendous when he gets the ball out quickly this year. And that's definitely the area I think where love needs to improve the most.
0: I see. So when we knock Aaron Rodgers out of the game in the first quarter, uh, you know, with a concussion (laughs) or something like that, that's what we bear fans have to look forward to is that basically, you know, love is going to be dangerous when he's on the run. Is that what you're saying?
1: Something like that okay' yeah, we 'll so, we'll see
0: all right I'll, I'll write that down for the keys to the game when when love is on the there run, you know, you know there you go so let 's talk about this this first five games uh, for the packers you 're four and one right now after the aforementioned stinker week one um, that it was a road game for the Packers, either way, but instead because of the the hurricane and whatnot, the Saints have to host it in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, I, I remember putting out a tweet after the game was played, like, should the Bears, instead of moving to Arlington Heights, uh, <laughs> move to Florida? Because apparently the the Packers, it's like a force field or some kind of kryptonite in Florida. You guys just can't buy a game in, in Florida, uh, you know, with the way that the, the that game turned out and your last visit to Tampa Bay and uh, and what have you.
1: Yeah, there have been some weird games down there, and I don't know if if. The weather has something to do with it if it's just a, a, a weird, you know, small sample size thing. But between Florida and California, um, those two states have been a major challenge for for the Packers the last couple of years. Um, and I, so much of that game was game situation just getting out of hand. Um, I, I mean, the Saints basically jumped out to a 17-0 lead and the Packers had only run 12 plays yeah. because New Orleans got the opening kickoff. Uh, Packers went three and out a couple times and then all of a sudden you look up and you're down by three possessions and you, you haven't even gotten into your, your main offensive game plan yet. You're still trying to feel out what the other team is trying to do to you. And so by that point you're, you've got to suddenly, all right, well, we got to go to do a straight drop back passing game. And that's not what the Lafleur offense is meant to do. It's meant to be play action. It's meant to play off the run. Um, and and so just a straight drop back game is not how that offense is supposed to function. So it just spiraled out of control from there. But um, thankfully, that that game does look like a, a bit of a fluke for both teams. Right. I mean, the Saints haven't exactly looked uh, tremendous since that game. either. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's it's safe to to look at the Packers more as the team that we've seen in the last four weeks and uh, not so much that team that was down in Jacksonville week one.
0: Sure, I mean, because it, it it had to be you know shocking to sit there and watch them just get pasted like that in in the first game uh, of the season, um, and it just. But then also, be, it's I th- I think I would have felt the same way that that you're describing as like it's this is probably one of those fluky week one games. I mean, the Steelers came yeah. out and dominated the Bills week one and stole that. Uh, game. I mean, hell, last year, speaking of Jacksonville, Jacksonville beats the Colts week one last year, and they haven't won a game since. Literally, they lost every game for the remainder of last season (laughs) and the first five games of this year. They've gone a calendar year and change since they've won uh, a football game down there in Jacksonville. Weird things happen uh, week one. There are wins and losses that you can't explain and, and wins and losses that either age or don't age well the further you get. Uh, away from them and this is one that's kind of I don't know if how would you describe it like the further we get away from it would you say it's aging better or aging worse because you know at 38 to 3 it's it's just one of those no doubt kind of losses there and it's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong Rogers is throwing careless interceptions and and things like that you just blow it off as a fluke and we move on to week two
1: yeah, I mean the Packers have been so good in close games for whatever reason under Matt Lafleur. Um, I think I saw today that that they're now like fourteen and three in games decided by less than eight points, um, and and so the the book is out on how you beat the Packers. Right? It's it's play ball control, um, keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands get a lead, and and again, get the Packers out of the run game and the play-action game and force them to drop back and pass. And if you can do that, especially if, then if you've got a, a front four that can get some pressure, um, that's when... The, the, the Packers have been known to to turtle a little bit in games like that. Um, the again the first uh, the first Tampa game last year you mentioned was that way. Some of the games against the 49ers in 2019, uh, same sort of thing. And and you just saw the the entire structure of the offense break down uh, in, in week one. And and I think I think it's 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 showing us that when the the team gets into a more normal rhythm, this offense is still very good um very good to great, I would I would argue. Um the defense has been much better since then too. Now granted they weren't they haven't been put in nearly as a uh, tough of, of positions as they were against the Saints. Um but they're actually forcing turnovers now, which uh is something that has been a challenge for for the last little bit. Um you know much of last season. So uh defense is playing better. Um and yeah it it just feels like much more of a fluke the the farther out we go and and the The more performances that we see stack up these last couple of weeks.
0: So tell me, is is there a contingent of the fan base that feels lucky to be four and one? Like maybe not quite, you know, not quite drinking the Kool Aid as far as Mm -hmm. uh, the record is concerned, because you're a defensive stop away from losing the San Francisco game, and uh, Cincinnati missed a field goal in (laughs) overtime as well. So you could very likely be two and three instead of four and. One is—is is there? I mean, are you one of those people like this that we're lucky to be four and one, or is like you know, it's like of course these are games we should have won and we did win, so there we go.
1: Yeah, I think it's a uh, it it entirely depends on who you talk to, but sure. I, I still believe that this is a, a good team. It's certainly a very good offense. um I think the jury's still out on the defense. I, I mentioned they've been turning the ball over a little bit better, but um we still need to see a little more consistency. And where I think. The, the biggest area of um, challenging my confidence in this team moving forward is the injuries. Uh, two years ago, the Packers were one of the healthiest teams in the NFL last year. They were reasonably healthy, at least middle of the pack. And this year they've just been hit horribly hard by the injury bug. Mm-hmm. Um, David Bakhtiari still hasn't come back yet from his torn ACL late last year. Elton Jenkins has missed the last three games are, you know, the Packers do it all, uh, left guard, left tackle, center, you know, everything. Um, Josh Myers, the rookie center, missed the Cincinnati game. Um, we're without Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Zadarius Smith, who knows if he'll ever play for the Packers again, Jair Alexander's on, on IR. So these are all starters and, and big-name players that that play critical roles on this team. Mm-hmm. And that's where my biggest uh, hesitation lies coming, coming forward, um, is how can they weather those absences of all of those key players, uh, can they make it through this, this next stretch coming up in, you know, late in October through to November, um, where it's just a murderer's row, um, through about a five week stretch of, of really tough games. Can they come through that when, you know, maybe two or three of those games and put themselves still in a position for, um, you know, for an NFC North title and, and maybe to, to challenge for a buy that's going to be really telling, um, And if, can they, can they keep winning close games? Because those generally are not sustainable numbers to, um, to win, you know, 14 out of 17, one score games like that. Um, you got to think eventually there's going to be a little regression there. You almost saw it with the Cincinnati game, um, with, with all those missed field goals. So, um, yeah, those injuries are going to play a big role, um, and, and how they adapt to those and, and adjust to them, um. To, to determine where this team goes over the next month and a half.
0: Speaking of uh of field goals, are you, you are the Packers bringing anybody in to kind <laughs> of well I mean just I mean cuz it happened last yeah. time that one game against uh Detroit where he missed like four field goals and an extra point yeah. and I don't remember if you guys did you guys win that game or did you lose because of the kicks that he missed.
1: No, that was that one was a loss a couple years ago uh, and and it can be pretty pretty directly tied to it. Um the Packers do have a kicker on the practice squad. okay. So if if they wanted to to do something they could with um, with JJ Molson heir to the, uh, the beer fortune up in Canada. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think the fact that they sent Crosby out there, the fact that he hit a 49 yarder to win it, yeah. um, they still have confidence in him. Um, and Matt Lafleur even said he he talked to Crosby right before deciding whether or not to put the offense on the field on fourth and inches, and he said if he had seen any sort of hesitation in Crosby, he would have put the offense out there. But he said Mason had zero flinch, and he went out and drilled it. So I, I don't anticipate um, you know the team making a change. He's he's had a couple of these weird bad days of the office, but between yeah. that that Lions game and this past Sunday he made, I think it was 64 out of 67 field goal attempts, um, regular season and postseason, which is, which is obviously fantastic. Yes. So, um, I would expect him to bounce back and, um, honestly, the the bigger issue to me on the field goals is the blocking because Mm -hmm. there have been some major protection issues, especially on the right side of the offensive line. And I still wonder if some of that was subconsciously in Crosby's head because they almost blocked the game winner uh, in San Francisco. There was was the block for Pittsburgh that got flagged for offsides that got returned for a touchdown that would have been a huge swing in that game. So um, that's an issue that that everybody can see on film that the Packers need to clean up uh, schematically or something with with the blocking scheme. Um, And so I I still think that that might have been affecting Crosby, even if he doesn't want to admit it, maybe subconsciously a little bit.
0: Well, the reason I was asking is because when he had the yips that one game in in Detroit, didn't they bring in like a, 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 a tryout leg or something like that to maybe shake him up? Uh, I, a little I bit. believe
1: they did. Yeah. Okay. They never ended up actually signing anybody at that. Point, right. But right. Uh, they did at least kind of, yeah. Bring, bring a guy or two into, um, to just to see what they had, but obviously ended up sticking with Crosby and, right. and it paid off. And, um, like yeah, I said, no, I didn't think they
0: would, winners. uh, I didn't think they would move on from him, especially since he did hit the game winner. But, uh, my buddy and I were texting, uh, back and forth as we were waiting for the bear game to start. Cause we were the late game after you guys. And, um, I was like, you know, it's it's a funny thing. When when Crosby gets cold, he is frigid. You know, like I, I thought immediately of that game in Detroit where he missed four field goals and an extra point or something crazy like that It ended up costing you the game. And that was and when I told him that, he missed the third kick the third kick in the row <laughs> that would have won it in regulation or, or what have you and I was like I told you when he gets cold he is frozen I don't know if it's a a mental thing or whatever but you know he comes back in in overtime and, and you know hits the 49 winner 49 year uh yarder uh to to win it so I didn't think Green Bay was gonna uh you know uh bench him or anything but I was like you know did that same strategy get employed but you guys have a Practice squad kicker in there, so there there is the air yep. apparent, and you know maybe they give him a few extra reps then instead of Mason. Be like, hey man, this guy's looking good. What's it gonna be this week? You know, right. uh, kind of thing to shake him up uh, uh, a little bit. So yeah, that's what I was kind of uh, wondering because I mean that was obviously you know that would have been one of the things that was talked about if in fact Cincinnati hits their own game winner uh in overtime is that uh you know what's the story or you know. We would have won if Mason Crosby had missed three right. chances in regulation. To uh, you know, he hits any one of those field goals, and you win the game. And we we lose the game. We should have won because our kicker let us down. A uh, kind of thing. It just kind of goes to like some of the football purists, and the the last thing they want to do is put the ha- game in the hands of a kicker, even an all time great like Mason
1: Crosby. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But I don't anticipate uh, Molson you know, seeing in the field anytime soon. I think right. with, uh, with the expanded practice squads, they've got a backup punter, a backup kicker, a backup long snapper on the practice squad. I think those are probably, um, you know, break glass in case of emergency type of guys to have on the roster at this point.
0: Sure. Yeah. And I just saw actually, uh, we had an excellent, uh, backup kicker, um, showed an amazing leg in the, in the preseason, just got signed off of our practice squad. The, uh, there's, it's Cody Parkey yeah, so screwing it. us all over again, man. He uh he tears <laughs> he hurts a groin in uh in New Orleans, he gets uh, put on IR, so the Saints sign our backup kicker away from us. It's like goddamn <laughs> Cody Parkey, he just won't stop, man. He just won't stop <laughs> screwing us over. So uh
1: it's 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 fun to watch from from our perspective,
0: <laughs> obviously. Well, I mean, we still have Cairo Santos who has been just lights out, man. I mean, yeah. they, every broadcast team in the in the in the NFL has tried to jinx him uh, throughout this streak that he's on i mean either the announcers won't stop talking about it or they just keep throwing up graphics to show us what the streak is up to but he keeps making them as much as it annoys the hell out of me that they keep, cause I you know it's, it just always happens like this has never happened before in the history. Oh, look, there it just happened. Can you believe it? That's what the kind of things that happen when I'm, when I'm watching that one thing that's never happened before will take place almost immediately before the announcer can even, even get it out of his mouth. Uh, you know, so it always makes me nervous when they keep talking about, Oh, he's made 30 in a row. Now it's up to 32, 33. By the end of the game on Sunday, he's up to 34 in a row now and it's the longest streak in the nfl because everybody else has missed a kick uh since he started this uh this streak so uh you know it kind of makes me irritated when you when you i guess i'm just superstitious uh in that way so but let's talk about this this team You, you guys are the walking wounded right now so yep valdez scanling will he not play or will he be banged up when he when when the bears play on sunday
1: Yeah, MVS, I think he's, he's on IR, and I think he's still sitting out for at least one more game, so you won't see him, and that obviously takes away the Packers' biggest deep threat. Um, he, and between him and Alan Lazard and, and Devonte Adams, those are the guys the Packers normally go to in their three receiver sets. But with MVS out of the lineup, they've been using a lot more of good old friend Randall Cobb in uh-huh. the last two games. And, and he's really stepped up with some really big plays. Um, he was huge in that Steelers game. I think he, he caught four or five balls on third downs to move the chains, uh, had two touchdowns. Uh, and a couple other big catches against Cincinnati to to move the ball on third down as well. So look for him to, to make an appearance. Um, he'll probably play around, I don't know, 40, 50 percent of the snaps again now um, on off on the offense. I mean, the other big thing is, again, the offensive line. Um, we're hoping that Elton Jenkins will be back um, if he is where he plays will be very interesting because. When he went out, Yash uh, Naiman, a third-year um, tackle who really had never played in the, the regular season before, uh, has stepped in for these last three games and has played actually particularly well, um, holding up against some really good pass rushers. Uh, the, the, his first game against Nick Bosa in particular, um, he really limited Bosa to, to be a, a pretty well a non-factor. So that's been a, a big plus. But if they can get Jenkins and and or Josh Myers back for for this week, um, that helps out the offensive line significantly, especially in the run game because – They've been really struggling on first and second downs running the football. Um, their their success rate is one of the worst in the NFL um, on first and second down on the on the ground. And so, even with with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, the the run blocking is just doing those guys no favors. So they're going to have to find some way to to get the ground game established a little bit and then work that play action game off of it uh, on the offensive side. You
0: know, and it's just. Uh you know, I, I was, uh, thinking about that San Francisco, uh, game and, uh, the, the way that they were able to take the lead, uh, late, uh, in that one where they, you know, they're going to be able to hang on and, and, uh, you know, put this thing away and, and, and beat the Packers. And I can just hear Evan now talking about the damn Bosa's and 49ers again, and, you <laughs> know, all that kind of stuff. And then they drive the length of the field and, and, uh, uh, Kicked the winning field goal, um, despite the fact that they didn't flag it when they tried to murder Devonte Adams on that one play. Uh, yeah. It's like somehow it's like you know you blow the you blow your nose in the wrong direction, you get flagged, but they damn near take his head clean off his shoulders and no flag from any of the seven officials uh, on the field, and they they ended up not needing it. They got the yardage that they need to kick the field goal uh, anyway. So it was uh, it was an interesting finish uh, to the game because uh, I just was wondering, you know, how they because it you you lost the first game uh, against the uh, against the Saints, you, you you know you struggle in the first half, you lose the first half to the Lions, and you 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 know you shut them out in the second half, and that's what the difference was in the game there, and then you would go on the road to lose to San Francisco. It's like okay, this thing is shaping out different the way than I thought it would, or. Uh, would would the fan base start to turn on Aaron Rodgers because of all of his BS during the off season and the season's going sideways already? You've you've already lost two games you should have won, uh, and you struggled against the Lions on Monday night. What the hell is going on here?
1: Yeah, that that San Francisco game was definitely a critical one, and and I think um you know probably a, a little bit of a turning point if, if you can have one of those in week 3 for this season because yeah that yeah you go from that that swing from 1 and 2 to 2 and 1 um would have been massive and then the fact that they've now you know now they're on a four game winning streak sitting at 4 and 1 um is is a big deal yeah. but but also just an emotional one too with yeah. um, all the struggles that the packers have had out in San Francisco the last couple of years i know they beat beat the 49ers last year but you know, San Francisco basically had none of their key players playing in that game. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can kind of almost cross that one off. So go back to, to 2019 and the, and the way they got destroyed in both games out in San Francisco to get that one felt really important. Um, and, and kind of like a galvanizing moment for the team and, and the fan base even a little bit to, to be like, okay, this is, this is still the team that, that we expected to see this year. Um, Especially after, like you said, the inconsistency of those first two weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it was interesting watching that first half of the of that Monday night game uh, against uh, against Detroit, and for them to pretty much kind of dictate the the game in the first half, winning seventeen to fourteen, and uh, and and whatnot, and and golf, you know, matching Rodgers throw for throw there uh, in yep. the first half. It is like okay, uh, so our. Are the Lions building on something or are the Packers <laughs> heading downward? What's uh, what's going on here? And then the second half comes the, the Lions start turning the ball over. Rogers and company start piling on the points. And we're like, oh, OK, this makes sense now. This is how this game was supposed to go. I don't know what was going on there in the first half, but the second half is, uh, you know, more, more along the lines of what we're supposed to see between these two teams.
1: Definitely, and one of the big adjustments they made in that game was the the defense got a lot more aggressive after halftime. Um, that was at Matt Lafleur's behest, apparently. Um, Joe Barry, the new defense, I did hear that. Yeah, was, that he, uh... yeah, it, it seemed like Barry was playing very passive, um, a lot of off coverage, not bringing a whole lot of extra blitzers um, in the pass rush in the first half. And Lafleur went to him at halftime and is like, "No, we we've got to get aggressive." He's like, "Dude, take the people.
0: training wheels off, all right? Let's just get after it already."
1: Exactly. Because the pass rush was doing basically nothing through six quarters of of the season. And as soon as uh, they kind of started getting a little more creative with blitz packages and things, it it opened up, got, again, a couple turnovers. And, um, you know, they've kind of carried that through the last couple games. The the pass rush has been much, much better um, these last three and a half games or so, um, you're starting to see Rashawn Gary come into his own a little bit. Kenny Clark is still a monster. Um, you're getting a little bit of, um, of help from some of the other interior linemen as well. And so that's, uh, that's definitely been a a big help and, and we'll need to continue to be with, uh, with Zedaria Smith and Jair Alexander out for a while. What's
0: going on with Alexander?
1: So uh two weeks ago uh he separated his shoulder a mm-hmm. little bit um against Pittsburgh. Uh it was on a, a tremendous tackle too. It was one of those Big Ben specials where he threw the ball on a swing pass like two yards behind the line of scrimmage on a fourth and four play. <laughs> um but uh, Alexander comes in to make a, just a tremendous tackle on Najee Harris and gets him in the shoulder and uh, looks like it's an AC joint sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, the severity is still a little bit unsure, but they determined he's not going to need surgery, so he shouldn't be out the entire season. But he is on IR, and and honestly, I'm I'm expecting that he'll probably out be out until the Packers buy this year, which is very late in Week 13.
0: Yeah, so we might that.
1: actually. If all goes well, there's a chance we might see him back for the rematch against the Bears on Sunday night in early early December. Right, right. (laughs) This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by
0: the Spotify Green Room. Formerly known as the Locker Room app, guys, Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform free to download and use. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Start or join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And, of course, I host a weekly show every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on the Spotify Green Room. The Bears Talk Underground presents Club 34-7. Be sure and join me. Come through and talk with me live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS or Android App Store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and join into the group. Follow me to be notified when my room goes live. And, of course, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, is when Club 34-7 uh, hits the air. So be sure to join in on the fun, guys. You don't want to miss it. And be sure to follow me on the, uh, on the app so that you'll know any time that I go live because uh, we'll be doing watch parties during the preseason. We'll be doing uh, knee-jerk reactions during halftime uh, during the season and things like that. Lots to do. This app opens up so many possibilities for interaction between me and you my loyal audience so be sure and download the spotify green room app wherever you get your apps okay. okay well um i i'm i'm intrigued by this this matchup number one because since the disaster in cleveland um Maggie turns over the playbook um, under threat of death, by the way, I mean, cause there isn't, <laughs> there isn't a safe place he would have been able to go to in the Chicagoland area if he hadn't done that. Um, and then the, the, you know, making fields, the, the starter, which also carried the penalty of, of death after the lions game. It's like, why wouldn't he be the starter from here on out? And here he comes 24 hours after that performance from fields against the lions Oh no, Andy's Andy's the starter. If he's healthy, Justin is two, Nick is three, and you can just hear bullets being slid into the chamber of the sniper rifles, and you know, in every gun in America that point was pointed at uh, Chicago, and then just out of nowhere, you know, just seemingly out of nowhere on Wednesday, he announces Justin Fields is the starter, and trying to make it sound like it was a determination that he came to, and you know, literally every you could hear every Bear fan in the country going, yeah, okay. Right. You know, mean the determination from McCaskey or Ryan Pace or the fact that your entire coaching staff was threatening a mutiny if you didn't name Fields the starter uh, on this one. So it's like nobody buys for a second that Nagy came to this decision and told everyone his feelings, uh, you know, but he also likes to hide behind collaboration that uh, this was something that we came to together, uh, you know, after lots of discussions with, you know, internal and people and blah, blah, blah. Fields is going to be the uh, starter. Yeah. But we've been trending up the last two weeks as far as, you know, we're running the ball a lot better. Um, we're playing solid defense, and we basically shut the Raiders down uh, on Sunday. And with the the up and down of the first five games for – the Packers, it's just like this is more confident going into one of these games than I felt in a long time. I'm not dreading Sunday as I have in most cases, uh, in this, uh, in this rivalry, I'm not saying that we're going to go out there and we're going to win it. I just like our chances for this to be a football game as opposed to like, Hey, we were really in there for the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, uh, Chuck Pagano put, uh, put Danny Trevathan on Valdez Scantling while we watched him run away from us for 80 yards and a touchdown that blew the game wide open. Uh, you know, so it's like, I, I'm just feeling good about our chances to make it a ball game. And like I said, turn this thing into a rivalry again.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing to me with the Bears, as much as anything, has been Nagy finally given a play calling. Right? Yes. I mean, it, it looks like a completely different offense these last two weeks from from the first couple games. games. Um, and, and regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, yeah. And th- there's there's no way Nagy can take that back now. Right. No. Like this season. That's that's, that's just that's he already did that once. Was that what, a year or two ago? Last um, year.
0: Last year, yeah. he gave it up after the he gave it up going into the Monday night game against the Vikings, which was our worst offensive performance uh, in a very long time. We had like 105 yards going into the final drive uh, of the game, but we also had our worst offensive line configuration. David Montgomery was out with an injury. Uh, Nick Foles was still our quarterback. I mean, it was just an absolute balls up disaster. Uh, of a game, yeah. but it's like after the bye week, we figured out our configuration with our offensive line, and despite losing the game to you guys when we came back off of the bye, Montgomery had a hundred yards rushing. We looked a bit more balanced on offense. Mitch actually looked like a competent quarterback when he wasn't trying to play hero ball and throw it into triple coverage against you guys, uh, and and things like that. And we we looked like a more balanced, more competitive offense. But then after the season was over. Uh, you know, Nagy was basically telling the world he thought Mitch was the problem because as soon as Mitch was gone, we've got Andy Dalton. We, we draft Justin Fields. He's taking the play calling back and it was worse than it was even before then. So now he's yep. turned it over. He cannot take it back now. He, there'd be no way for him to justify it. No way at all. Right. So yeah, it would yeah. be a huge I mistake think, on uh... his part.
1: De- definitely. I, I also think that one of the big matchups to watch this week is is that Bears rushing game um, with Montgomery still out. You know, what can Damian Williams and Khalil Herbert do on the ground against the Packers run defense, which has been alternately either very good or not very good at times. <laughs> Um, sure. Yeah, they're, they're consistently inconsistent against the run right now. Um, it, it seems to be a little more of a focus for Joe Barry than it was for Mike Pettin. Pettin was always famous for not really caring about the run game um, and always like focusing on causing turnovers and, and limiting explosive plays for the offense. Uh, Barry plays a lot more base defense. You're going to see a lot more alignments with three defensive linemen and four linebackers on the field than you ever did under Pettin. Uh-huh. Um, and I think part of the reason that they can do that now is that the Packers actually seem like they have not only a competent inside linebacker, but actually maybe a pretty darn good one in Devondre Campbell, who they signed off the street for like $2 million in May, um, and who has been really a difference maker for for the defense so far this year. Um, so g- great find by Gutekunst and company. Uh, for picking him up because he has been um, all over the field and and making huge plays. I think he's, he's got at least two interceptions. He's been in on a fumble or two as well. um, Making some splash plays and and tackles for loss in the run game. So uh, as he goes, I think the, um, the run game might go. Um, And then on the defensive line, the other big thing is, can anybody step up next to Kenny Clark? Because the games when they've had success have been when somebody else plays well next to him, whether that's Dean Lowry or Kingsley Kiki. Uh, Clark Clark is tremendous, but he cannot do it by himself. And so, as long as one of those two other guys um, you know, steps up and plays well, uh, Packers defense should still be in pretty good shape. But uh, if it's the if it's a one man show for Clark, that's that's where you can start double teaming him and and really um, making some progress on the ground.
0: Yeah, you you when you were talking about being consistently inconsistent or uh, however you put it. Uh, it reminded me of of the Bears in I think it was was either, I think it was 2019 where um you know it's like one week we're, we're we're up against what would not be considered marquee pass rushers and we can't keep Mitch clean at all I and mean, we're worse just swallowing him whole. Then we played uh, like Denver the next week, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, they don't touch Mitch all day long. Then we go against the uh, the the whoever it was we played after that all of a sudden we're the rock of Gibraltar when it comes to the passing game. And then the week later, uh, again, or, you know, actually Mitch is getting beat to hell. And then we played Minnesota the week after that, Daniel Hunter and, uh, you know, and those pass rushers. And and all of a sudden, uh, actually Mitch got hurt, and it was Chase Daniel who played in that game. He was upright the whole game. So it was like, how is it that we can't block worth a damn against – you know middle of the road or average pass rushers but these elite guys all of a sudden we're the best offensive line the NFL has ever constructed and and you know it's like I was wondering if it was like that for your run game it's like we you know you can stop Dalvin Cook but that guy that was drafted in the sixth round from no-name university ran for a buck 10 and two touchdowns uh, despite the fact you won the game this no-name running back from nowhere ran all over you guys.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it has been at least a little bit of a function of the offensive line that they've been playing against. So they got run over by the Saints in Week One um, again. But that's you've got a, a good offensive line in New Orleans. You've got a great running back in Alvin Kamara. Yeah, uh, the Lions had a, a lot of pretty decent production um, on the ground. Um, but They've got a pretty good couple of running backs in in Swift and Jamal Williams, um, and at least some some decent offensive linemen on the interior. But with, with the 49ers, the Packers were able to pick on some of their interior linemen all day long. Kenny Clark just ate Alex Mack's lunch um, all game long. Uh, same thing with the Steelers game, is, is Najee Harris had nowhere to run. So um, I, I do wonder if the quality of the opposing offensive line is maybe the, the big determining factor. If they got matchups that they can can pick on, you know, Dean Lowry can can eat up a bad right guard. But if you have, let's say... At least a, a a average to good right guard that might be a matchup where you know that that favors the offense and that's all it needs to um, to start moving him off the spot and and getting some production in the run game.
0: Well, if it comes to matchups, I, I like our guards um, better against Kenny Clark than I do our center. If if Kenny Clark is is gonna stay, like you said, he ate Alec, Ma, Alex Alex matches uh, Max lunch. He would he would eat uh, Sam Mustafer's breakfast lunch and dinner uh from what i saw on sunday against the uh against the raiders and last i checked they don't have kenny clark on their team so or anyone closely resembling him either so it was just it was troubling cuz there there were some plays he was absolutely just getting blown up or he was absorbing the defender to take him where he wanted to go but where he wanted to go just happened to also be where the ball was supposed to be running through you know like we were supposed to yep. be running through the you know through the three hole which is between the guard and the center or the guard and the tackle on the left side and uh uh you know the he let that defender get across his face so he's pushing him that way but that's where you know Williams wants to run with the football so when he's like okay it's a it's one thing for him to run across the line of scrimmage or you know along the line of scrimmage and, you know, for him, to be the, that gives the running back room in the backfield to try to find uh, an open lane. It's something else entirely when he's doing that three yards deep into the backfield and the running backs barely got the ball before he's got to shift gears and try to find someplace else to go. And that's what happened more times than not uh, in those type of uh, situations. So uh, if Sam Mustafer is going to try to block Kenny Clark, he's going to need help uh, from one of from from Whitehair or from, uh Daniels, if if we're gonna even dream about keeping that guy on your side of the uh, of the line of scrimmage, or else it's gonna be a long day uh for us in as far as trying to have any kind of interior uh running game against you guys uh on Sunday. So I mean I still have nightmares about that one play in uh twenty I think twenty nineteen where it was fourth and one and number one we handed off to Cordero Patterson for some <laughs> reason, but it was Oh, here's uh, here's Kenny Clark three yards deep in the backfield, you know, tackling Patterson before he, he'd barely even gotten the ball because nobody tried to block him. He just shot right through, and there he is, the biggest guy on the field, and we couldn't get a hand on him. So, uh, yep. yeah, it, it worries me uh, what might happen uh, in that type of, uh, in that type of situation. So,
1: yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the Packers line up Clark too, because for, for most of his career, he's been primarily a a nose tackle or or one tech lined up over the center. Um, this year they've been moving him around a little bit more. Um, they've been lining him up, at you know, three tech over the, over the guard, over the B gap. Um, but I, I do, I do think that, you know, the best matchup, for for the packers up front is going to be Kenny lined up at nose pretty much all game long yep. um to your point against Mustafa rather than rather than going up against the guards um that's where i think he can certainly have the the biggest impact and i'll be interested to see if if they keep moving him around a little bit or if they do just decide you know what this is a matchup we want to try to take advantage of keep him on the nose and um and let him rush from from the center well if joe
0: Barry's even halfway you know <laughs> even got half a brain in his head uh that's what that's what I would do because that alone requires two guys. like I said, Sam Mustafer is gonna have to get help uh, with him. if if not initially then after Kenny Clark eats his lunch on a few plays uh, you know and and greets uh, uh, Williams and, and uh, Herbert in the backfield a few times on, on plays that could have been something had our center not been back there uh, interfering with the quarterback running back you know handoff uh, there uh, because Kenny Clark had just you know pole vaulted him back there. Uh, and okay. what have you. So, uh, I mean, and, and that kind of opened things up for you guys because if it's going to eat up two offensive linemen, that means one of those guys isn't getting up to the second level to get that linebacker you like so much, and he'll be free to run around and uh, shoot gaps and, and make tackles and, and and what have you. So that's how those things kind of domino. You know, if if this guy is going to require two people, then somebody that would be normally getting blocked in a one-on-one situation is going to be running free, and he'll be able to make the play all he has to do is guess right on which gap to to run into and it's lights out for us so right. um so let's talk about this uh the, you know your offense and the passing game because it's it's aaron Rodgers, and after the first four weeks of the season like i actually picked the bears to lose to the raiders on sunday and and the reason that i did that was because a, we do not have an explosive offense in the way of we can just crank out the points. We're not there yet with Justin uh, Fields. We're just warming up to the idea. Well, I mean, Lasers also just getting the playbook back and kind of getting a feel for how to get this offense going uh, and everything. We, we also don't have an offensive line where we can take many seven- and nine-step drops and, and wait for somebody to get open downfield uh, kind of thing, but... What was worrisome to me going into that Raider game was because they have rugs because uh, of Edwards and, and, you know, um, the Titan Waller uh, and everything, and three out of four games in the start of the season, the Bears gave up some kind of big play downfield. Uh, We got smoked twice on national TV by the Rams. Uh, A week later, Jamar Chase burned us for a 40-plus yard uh, touchdown pass, and even the Lions late in the game when it had pretty much already been decided, but... It was so ridiculous how open he was. That's what made me worry about what could happen in the Raiders game. If, if, if the Raiders can block and keep Derek Carr clean for a second, he can find somebody downfield because somebody's going to make some kind of miscue and there's going to be a wide open guy inexplicably. And then boom, you know, two, two of those plays and they've already scored more points than they'll probably need. Uh, to win and after watching it happen in almost every single game we played so far, I thought that was more likely to happen than it wasn't, uh, in the Raiders game. And that's why I thought the Raiders might come away with the win. And here we are with a guy that specializes in doing that to us in a year where we're not good in the secondary or weak in the secondary for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah, it'll be again with Valdez Scantling being out. That certainly takes away the biggest deep threat that the Packers have. I mean, he's the one true burner with in terms of pure speed uh, in the Packers' receiving core. And again, uh, Cobb has been more of um, an intermediate guy um, most of his career, really, um, and and he certainly has been these last couple weeks. Um, you know, filling in for for MBS's snaps, where I think the Packers can still get those big explosive plays in the passing game is off a of play action. Sure. As long as again they get the they get the run game going. Um, Alan Lazard doesn't have awesome deep speed, but he's got a huge catch radius, um, big guy, and and he's got a little bit of burst, and so he might be able to um, to shake loose a little bit, especially because he's such a, a a good run blocker that um, you know he can be a little bit deceptive there. Um, in terms of um, you know how how they deploy him in in the play action game, so he's a, a possibility on a play action. Um, the Packers actually hit a deep threat to Adams in, in uh, Sunday's game against Cincinnati. That was a just a straight sixty yard bomb from Rodgers, and that was one of the first um, straight deep throws that that they've thrown to Adams for for quite a while. So there are some some opportunities there. Um, I think they're just going to be a little more schemed up. Um, or, you know, maybe Rogers taking advantage of a free player or two that, that he's so yeah, good at he's drawing good at that, um, yeah, that, that, that might be how the Packers have to do it because they don't have the guy who can just win that one-on-one battle with, with his pure speed in MVS.
0: Yeah. It's one of the things that I've, I've always hated about Rogers was that, mm-hmm. uh, was the stuff that he would pull on those free plays, you know, or the fact that they would steal him by, you know, snapping the ball when somebody's running off the field kind of thing I mean, to nail us with that 12-man on the field nonsense. Like,
1: you, you get it a, you get so cheap. Quicker, man. So cheap when
0: they do that, man. So cheap. And, uh, you know, they just turn it into a free play, or he knows it's a free play, so he's, okay, let's just wing it 60 yards down the field for no reason because it doesn't happen. It doesn't matter what happens. If they pick it yeah. off and run it back, it's a flag on them. Who cares, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it just it would just irritate me so bad. It's like it's so petty that they do that. I hate it more than anything. But God damn it. Get off the field. What's the matter with you guys?
1: <laughs> they, they were so close to getting the Steelers on one of those two weeks ago. And Tomlin realized it just in time and got a timeout in. Uh-huh. Um, and, and there was a, a pretty funny exchange. Uh, that the cameras caught of, of Rodgers and Tomlin that's what that was about? at each other after that. Yeah, okay. It was that Tomlin was able to get the timeout before uh, Rodgers got the snap off to catch him with twelve men. Um, they haven't haven't had a whole lot of that yet. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was a free play. There might have been one in the Lions game, um, but certainly that's something that uh, tends to happen more at Lambeau. Um, and and you know, Packers haven't playing having played three of their first uh first five games away from home um i I think you'll start to see those ramp up a little more as they play a little more home games here down the stretch
0: yeah well i mean because this is a weird stretch you guys are on well we got four
1: road games out of five weeks yeah um and then you know one of those i think the last or one of those road games the the next stretch is a thursday night game in arizona so short week cross-country travel that's going to be rough you come back and and at least they've got a little bit of a a mini bye before having Kansas to play City. Kansas City yeah. in Kansas City. Yeah. Um that that 5-week stretch starting with that Arizona game is brutal cuz again, at Cardinals, at Chiefs, home for the Seahawks, at the Vikings and then home for the Rams going into the bye week. Yeah. Um that five that five-game stretch is I think really going to be the the defining uh month for this team uh in terms of it, it, do they have any chance of getting the one seed this year? Um, or are they going to be, um, you know, fighting for their lives in the NFC North? That's, that's going to be the, um, the month that really decides that I think.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it's a brutal stretch. I mean, and, and, you know, with, with us this week in Washington, uh, next week, I mean, just all seven of those games you have between now, uh, and the bye are, uh, are going to be tough cause it's the bears on the yep. road. It's, uh, it's you know, and the I don't know what's going on with Washington this year. For as good as and solid as they were on defense last year, for them not to to be all of a sudden at the bottom of the the league yeah. defensively, that's it. It makes no sense, and because everybody's healthy, or at least that I know of, on the defensive side, it just doesn't jive with what's going on down there. They were supposed to be the ones taking over this division uh, and everything, and instead they're you know, if not for the Giants, they're in last place. Yep. Uh, kind of thing going on, so it's uh, it's a weird thing that's going on out there in Washington. So, so as we get uh, we get wrapped up here, uh, Evan, um, what's the what's the pulse like on uh, like what are you guys' thoughts on on the Bears uh, coming in? Like the you know what are you hearing from your from your readers and you know your your other writers that contribute to Acme Packing Company and things like that? What what kind of opinion do you have on the Bears thus far?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's there is a lot of unknown just in terms of um, what this offense can do when they start to to get Justin Fields comfortable. Yeah. Um, Fields Fields is is scary to pretty much all of us. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're all pretty pretty concerned that, good. that the Bears good. finally <laughs> have a legitimate good quarterback, yes. and, and we're not happy about it. Um, <laughs> My uh, my fiance is an Ohio State grad, so I have to I have to watch all the Ohio State games. And having having seen him play in college, um, yeah. I was I was very upset when the Bears traded up for him and uh, and made that that work. I was I was pretty I was pretty ticked off that the Broncos didn't grab him or the, the Falcons didn't didn't snag him and keep yeah. him away from Chicago. So I think that's the um, that's the big worry. Um, I I don't know that we're necessarily terribly worried about the the run game this week, um, just because, you know, with Montgomery being out um, Clark playing as well as he has Campbell out there. um, Again, I think a lot of the, the concerns about this game aren't necessarily about what the bears, what the bears will do to the Packers, but what the Packers are able to do because of the limitations due to the injuries and just some of the, the little inconsistencies that they've had. I mean, for one example for you is red zone, uh, offensive defense for this team has been unusually bad. Um, they're only hitting 55% uh, touchdowns in the red zone on offense, which is bottom like six in the league. And they have not forced a, a single field goal attempt in the red zone on defense. Opponents oh. are 13 for 13. Wow. Once they get inside the 20 against the Packers defense. Um, so that's a, a big, big concern is um, the Packers need to get those uh, get those balls in the end zone uh when they have those opportunities and they have not been doing it at the the rate that they normally do so uh, that'll be something to watch but um yeah the other i guess the other things that we're we're thinking about are um I, I think I remember seeing Akeem Hicks is banged up. Um, Trevathan's back, if I remember right, yep. Or, or going to be back, so um, he's always a, a thorn in the Packers' side. So um, I think that it could be a lower scoring game uh, this week, just especially if if Green Bay kind of stalls out in the red zone again. Um, so that's that's kind of where where I'm expecting this to go. Not one of the um, you know, one of the big shootouts from, from some of those years past, yeah. but, you know, not maybe, maybe not a 10, three game, like a couple of years ago, but right. something in the range of like, a you know, 20 to 17, 23, 20 yeah. seems, you know, something close and, and relatively low scoring kind of feels like where we're going to be this week to me.
0: Well, win or lose, I think that would be a step in the right direction for us, uh, because last year um we gave up 42 and 35 points uh to you guys and uh we obviously didn't score anywhere near that much in either of those uh games in fact the second beating was worse than the first um you know we're trying to win our way into the playoffs instead of backing our way in the way that we did and yeah you guys put a stop to that pretty pretty early on uh that game but uh uh, you know, I just think that, um, you know, I, I like what I've seen from our defense the, so far, uh, especially in the way of the pass rush. Um, I just hope that uh, Desai can figure out how to get to Rodgers with four because if we're sending more than yep. four, then somebody's going to be open and Rodgers is going to find him. So that's Absolutely. what the real challenge for Desai is going to be. Uh, This week is getting, you know, can he use the right stunts at the right time uh, to be able to put pressure uh, on Rodgers? And um, the other would be, you know, can we keep uh, Justin Fields upright? Um, Because... As far as like, you know, you know, the, like people like say, well, if you start to hit him, then he'll get rattled and, and all that kind of stuff. For some quarterbacks, it's just, that's just not true. You're, you're definitely screwing up their rhythm, but they're not getting worse for it as the game goes along. And I think we have that guy now. Um, because the beating that he took in Cleveland would be enough to ruin a rookie quarterback forever, (laughs) you know, forever with how bad that that was and it was brutal (laughs) and you know it's just like uh it was so bad but um you know and he came back and performed the way he did against the lions he got banged up a couple of times in that raiders game early on came back was unflappable wasn't getting in his offensive lines face about you guys need to block or yelling at this guy or or anything like that he just walked off the field you know, looked at the the Polaroids or whatever that they look at the the the, the tablets and whatnot. Went back out in the field and did his job uh, out there. So Justin is going to do Justin, and he's just going to lead the team. And uh, I think that uh, that could be a big factor. And what we haven't had versus you guys in a long time was somebody the quarterback that can you know maintain and, and lead his his team and keep his team in it and playing for him. So that's why I am interested to see what's going to happen uh, on Sunday unfortunately, until we can start showing that we can match with the Packers, I have to pick the Packers uh, right now. It's like I, I'm rooting for the Bears, and I uh, truthfully this time would not be surprised if we did win. But gun to my head, if I have to pick a winner, I, I ha- would have to go with Green Bay just because of history and you still got Rodgers and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yep, and I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you there. Um, just the the connection that he's got with, with Devonte Adams. Um, I mean, gosh, Adams is almost 600 receiving yards through five games at this point. Um, mm. he's, he's leading the league and just, just lighting everything on fire. Um, again, you can see the chemistry with Cobb, uh, coming back a little bit, um, kind of see why he, he pushed so hard for, for Cobb to, to come back this year as kind of a, a condition on his return. Um, so if, if Rogers, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing. If Rogers gets time to throw, if, if we get a couple of those injured offensive linemen back this week, I think that'll help a lot. And um, if he can get, get into his rhythm, um, not have to, to scramble too much, um, and make throws on the run. If he can just, uh, you know, deliver the ball on time, um, get the run game going a little bit to take a little bit of that pressure off. I think Green Bay will be in decent shape.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that we did very well against the the Raiders was keep Carr from getting a rhythm right. uh, going. They just never got really anything going against the bears, uh, on Sunday and uh you know it was it was enough to uh to get us the to get us the win so hopefully the bears defense can do something resembling that uh to uh to get us a win on Sunday so we can be in first place on Monday I would enjoy that thoroughly so well Evan I know you got to go time is running short you're a Crazy. If I told you what this guy was doing, you wouldn't believe it. But, uh, this is what, uh, he's up to because you've got conflicting activities. You got sand volleyball and curling going on at the same time it's kind of an interesting life that you live there evan but uh we love having you on the show and uh we'll see you again in eight weeks when we preview week 14 uh, the big sunday night because if it's in lambo it's got to be on national it's a tv game yeah it's prime time That's sunday right. night football after the green bay bye, bears and packers at uh at lambo so uh we'll talk to you when we're ready to preview that one
1: sounds good look forward to it man go pack go <laughs>
0: I know a lot of you won't like my prediction for the game, but I, it's just me uh, being honest. It's not that I don't think that we're good enough to win. It's just, it's just one of those things that until we start beating them, I have to pick the Packers to, to win. You know, It's not like a, you know, an imperative or, or anything like that. I believe wholeheartedly we can win this game. I believe it. Can we win the game? Absolutely. We can absolutely win the game. Will we win the game? <sighs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> can we win? Yes. Will I be surprised if we win? Absolutely not. No way. Won't be surprised at all if this team can stand up to the bully that is the Green Bay Packers and take control of the, uh, of the division. I absolutely believe that we can. It's the, uh, the actual implementation of making it happen is where, I, where you kind of lose me because the Packers just keep finding ways to beat us, or we keep finding ways to lose these Packer games. Uh, you know, whether it be uh, just, you know, having the wrong game plan, or like week 17, when Pagano decided it'd be a good idea to have Danny Trevathan fake a blitz and then drop into coverage one on one with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who uh, just so happened to be about 20 yards ahead of Trevathan uh, when he caught the ball, and all we got to do was watch his uh, number run away from us into the end zone for a touchdown. When we have moments like that, when, when Rodgers can see us coming from a mile away, and I'm hoping that's something that uh, Sean Desai can cook up for us, that, uh, you know, Rodgers won't be able to see us coming, that maybe every once in a while we'll be able to bring uh, a blitz that he'll think is coming from one place but is actually coming from someplace else. We're really going to need his creativity uh, on the defensive side, and we are really, really going to need that secondary to not be who they've been more times than not this year. So, I mean, we got lucky on one play against the Raiders last week, and then three out of the four games before that, we got smoked at least once. And you can't be given freebies to Aaron Rodgers and this offense. And it just goes back to, um, you know, I I think that the the Packers will find a way to win. but I, it's, it's such a tough decision to make. It really is. Um, because I, I do truly wholeheartedly believe we can win this game. But, but basically, the Bears have to prove it to me. You know, they have to prove that they can do this, that they can go out and legitimately uh, beat Green Bay. No excuses, no flukes, no nothing, no Rodgers on the bench, no nothing. Go out there and just beat them. You know, we're playing well enough right now. I believe we can. Will we, though? That's the true question. And uh, I got to go with the history when it comes to will they. Most times they won't. So. Um, like I said, uh, if like gun to my head, I got to pick a winner, uh, in this, in this rivalry, in this matchup, I got to go with green Bay, but I feel like those days are, are coming to an end. I really, really do. Um, just, just something about Justin field says that, uh, he's going to help us be able to stand up to Rodgers. And if maybe if it's only this year and then it's us against Jordan love, going forward, and the Packers can be the ones worrying about their quarterback position for the next 20 years, wouldn't that be something? While we have the class of the division throwing touchdown passes for us, it's about time something like that happened, quite frankly. But, um, you know, uh, until that happens, I, I, I got to go with with what we've seen, you know, a, a, a hundred times since 1992 when Brett Favre took over, is that more times than not, Green Bay will find a way to win or we'll find a way to lose. Now, I don't think we'll find a way to lose. I'm confident in that fact, but finding a way to win, that sounds more like a Green Bay thing uh, right now. So we got to go ahead and win, and um, we got to make it look legit like we just went out there and beat them. Not that there was any flukes involved or or anything like that. I would really just like to see us go out there uh, and whoop them. I really would. So, and again, you know, I, I hope I'm, with me putting this out there, it'll have the same effect that it did last week. I believe the Raiders were going to beat us and then we beat the hell out of them. I believe Green Bay can win this game. So hopefully the football gods return with a, uh, you know, Oh, well you think, okay, well here's a home victory against the Packers that'll put you in first place. How about that? I'll take it. I really will. So I'll be the least guy, least surprised guy on the planet if we win the game. But, uh, well, I'm also not going to say I told you so if we lose. But um, like I said, this like with this rivalry, that's, that's in my opinion, is the law of probability that's more likely to happen than it is for the Bears to win. So I hate to say it, but uh, that's how I feel. So sorry to end the show on a downer uh, like that. But uh, come back tomorrow for the deep dive uh, preview, and we'll talk about the keys to the game and what the Bears need to do to prove me wrong and uh, you know, what needs to take place in order to, for us to come away with our third victory in a row, our fourth win of the season, and uh, for us to be able to take over the division lead over the detested uh, Green Bay Packers. So head back on over uh, tomorrow for the deep dive preview. We'll get you ready for Bears-Packers on Sunday. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.